Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin to review the game against Morton, preview Queen of the South, look ahead to the Scottish Cup final with Celtic and we talk about the cost of football. Are we really getting value for our money? Just before we start, obviously we've got a new guest on, we've got Calvin with us. Calvin, really nice for you to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me on guys. Really appreciate it. appreciate being asked. We're going to start obviously talking about the Morton game. 2-0 win. Morton sort of parked the bus. Jamie Walker scored both goals. Gordon, you've been you've been very critical of Jamie Walker. Is he answering his critics here? Yeah, listen, you know, I think the reason why I've been critical of Jamie Walker is because, and I've said this many times, you know he's capable of scoring goals like he did yesterday. Um, I thought there were two really, really good goals. Um, so credit to him. But the, the, the fact still remains, you know, he's, he's still got a long way to, um, to continue in that form because it's all right doing it, you know, once every five, six games, but he's got to continually do it on a regular basis. And, uh, and I hope that, you know, this kind of gives him the springboard to doing that. You know, it was a, um, I was kind of hoping that, that Liam Boyce would have a similar kind of uh, role yesterday and, and he would get a couple of goals and the same thing would happen to him. But, um, great for, for Jamie Walker, as I said, two fantastic goals uh, and they'll certainly do his confidence a world of good. Um, he seemed a lot more involved in the game anyway um, and like I say, you know, the, the, the quality finish, particularly the first one, it's very difficult to do that, you know, hit the ball uh, into the ground first time and then just guide it into that kind of roof of the net. So it was, a, it was a fantastic finish and as was the second one, you know, he, he found himself in acres of space and he, he delivered a very acute finish into the bottom corner and um, you know he found himself in a similar position last week at Aloha, hit it straight to the goalkeeper um, so you know I don't know if he's been on the training ground and, and maybe that's what they've been saying to him listen when you get in those positions you've got to score and uh, and he got in those kind of positions twice and did so um, but it's something you want to see a lot more of from from Jamie Walker because he's clearly capable. You know, he, overall he does have a, a, a very good kind of goal scoring record at Hearts. But um, I, I, I still think his performances can be questioned though uh, overall because he hasn't been good enough this season. Um, but he's not the only one. But um, but yeah, he certainly answered a few critics. But I just hope now he'll uh, he'll be able to deliver a similar kind of impact and performance um, on a regular basis. Morton sort of played park the bus type football. We're obviously going to get teams that play play like this against us. But it is about breaking these teams down, Calvin, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I felt the first 20 minutes or so, Morton were quite threatening on the break until we got the goal. I mean, it really worked. When I seen the team yesterday, I seen the lack of pace in the team, which has been probably a major issue all season anyway. And I seen the way Morton started and they, looked, they had quite a few quite quick, young, tricky players. And when they were breaking us, I was like, we're going to get absolutely... Like, they're, they're going to score soon. And then after we got the goal, it sort of calmed us down and they then reverted to parking the bus, which I found, I found it quite strange, actually, the fact that it was after we scored, they then sat in more rather than coming out and opening up. But, um, yeah, and back, sort of back on the Jamie Walker thing that Gordon was talking about, I, I'm going to hold my hands up. I absolutely slated on yesterday during the game before he scored because I feel like he's not... He's just not done it enough. Like, he's, he's supposed to be our best player if we're in the Premiership. We're a league below that, and that's if I'm right in saying that's his first goals in the championship this season. Yeah. Like we're what six games in, and that's him just scoring now. Like if he keeps doing it, yeah, great. But for me, he's still got a while to go before he fully, he fully redeems himself because he needs to be. He's probably one of our highest paid players, one of our biggest attacking threats. Are supposed to be. Hopefully, like hopefully yesterday kicks him on. And hopefully, like, like I say, just he gets back into the swing of things and starts scoring goals that we all know he's capable of because his two finishes yesterday were outstanding. And he, in the end, he won us the game, which is what you want from him. I couldn't care less if he does nothing for 90 minutes and scores two goals like that. That's, that's all, I'm, all I'm bothered about. If he's not scoring goals, he doesn't really offer much else to the team at the moment. So hopefully it's a start or something. Of course, Boyce never started the game. Was that because he's not had a, a good run of form? Um, well, I, I read somewhere that seemingly he had a, a bit of a knock and didn't train Thursday, Friday. How true that is, I'm, I'm not sure. But... Um, he was obviously fit enough to be on the bench but again I suppose that maybe just highlights the lack of um, depth we have up front that he was maybe left on the bench just in case we needed to throw him on um, yeah listen I, I think um, 
you can make arguments for for him uh, dropping out of the team, and and maybe he probably needed that to happen. You know, maybe just to give him a rest and take him out of the limelight a little bit, and especially with you know the the final on the horizon. You know, you you want a confident Liam Boyce, and you know. I've no doubts that he'll start next Saturday and hopefully he'll be able to get himself a couple of goals and, and a good performance ahead of the cup final because I think, you know, having your big game players in the groove ahead of a big game like that is hugely important. And, you know, and, and that, that, that again, I'll go back to Jamie Walker and, and what it will do for his confidence getting a couple of goals there. Um, I think Calvin's spot on, you know, he, he hasn't done it enough and um, he, he is certainly capable of being a match winner on his day. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the good thing about the squad is there's quite a lot of players that you could you could label match winners and, and guys who could, uh, out of nowhere, um, dig you out of the dirt and, and score a goal out of nothing. And, you know, guys like Nasey and, and Boyce, you know, they're, they're the same ilk. And unfortunately, they, they haven't done it enough either. So, um, although I thought Nasey's performance was better yesterday, um, he wasn't tracking back and getting going in, in people's way as much yesterday. Uh, maybe he's been told to just actually stay in his position and do his job, and and I thought he'd done that well. You know, he was it was quite a physical game for him, and he stood up to 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 it quite easily um, in the end. Um, and I thought, you know, in the middle of the park, we were a lot kind of better as well. So, um, you know, I think if Liam Boyce was on the park, and I think if he was fit enough, he might have actually got a goal yesterday because. Um, you know, we, we create a, 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 quite a few chances that, you know, we, we maybe could have made it a wee bit more comfortable for ourselves. But um, I said, you know, three points and it's a clean sheet. And, you know, when when you look at the team before the game, you, you might have worried a little bit that it could be another afternoon. But I think just going by the last two, uh, particularly the, the last two away games, um, they probably needed to be freshened up um, and changed because, you know, I think for a number of reasons, the, the the big one, the last two performances have been well terrible, um, and and they definitely needed some sort of change. I mean, I, I heard Nielsen saying that he was uh, happy with the performance last week. We just couldn't score. I thought that was complete utter nonsense because it was a I thought I thought it was a ridiculous performance. But um, you know, I, I I think as well when when you've got a big game like a cup final coming up, because let's be honest with you, Robin Nielsen, he doesn't, I don't think he knows his strongest 11 yet. Um, I think these two games yesterday and then uh, Saturday at home at Queen of the South, I think they're a perfect example to rotate the squad, um, see who kind of stands out in both games, um, kind of use as many kind of players as you can, and that'll give you a better idea of your starting 11 for the final. And I think he, he might just be doing that so I'd expect boys and stuff like that to come in on Saturday and and uh, and stake their claim. It's unfortunate for boys not to get a, a start yesterday because I actually I'm, I actually feel sorry for him in a way because it's not necessarily he's been playing particularly badly. Like some of his link up play, especially in the home game, was brilliant, but he's not getting the chances. And the problem is when he's only getting one or two chances per game, if he misses one, he knows he's not going to get another one for a long time. So the pressure's on him to score every single chance he gets. And I don't know if it's just playing with his head a bit because we all know how good a player he is. Like, we've seen him at Ross County. Um, we've seen even like he's going the, in his debut against Rangers last season. He's a good player. It's just, and I feel like somewhat in Naismith, he's dropping far too deep to try and make things happen now. And it's, but yesterday, the way we actually set up with having Naismith staying up front and Whiten didn't do much yesterday, but the fact he actually just held us further up the pitch and didn't unnecessarily drop deep, it allowed us to pressure Morton far more. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad somebody sees what I see, finally. Um, but, I mean, that, 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 that's the problem. I think when, when you have really, really good players who are desperate to be involved in the game, like your Boyce and your Naismith, these guys get frustrated when they aren't getting the ball. So they're naturally going to drop deeper to try and get involved in play. Um, and that, again, just kind of... It just messes with the whole fluid, fluid of the team and just the, the formation and... It just, you know, it, it takes away any presence we have up front. And ultimately, their job is attacking players. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've, I've said many weeks now um, that, that I felt sorry for Boyce. I think, you know, clearly he's used to being a guy who is a goal scorer. 
Um, and his link-up play is very good as well. You know, that's why I was excited for him and Naismith to, to really play together. Um, because you go back to the when he first burst onto the scene, those first two games um, against Rangers and St Johnston, and and you know they they both scored in both games and both assisted each other, and you thought, yeah, he, he here's a really good partnership between these two. But since then, you know, it's like I don't know, they just they've, they've hardly played together, and when they have, it's just not looked natural. Um, so I feel when you've you've got two attacking talents like those two. You've got to get the best out of them, and you've got to just say to them, "Listen, you know, get yourselves up front. We will create for you." And I think again, you know, guys like Walker and stuff like that, Ollie Lee, it's it's their job to to kind of create for these guys. And unfortunately, they haven't been doing it either. Um, you know, we've just been too kind of static in the middle of the park, and there's there's not enough coming from there. So I think that's a big thing for us: lack of pace again. Um, we, we highlight that continually. And I think, you know, until we get our proper Senate flair players on the park, um, guys like Nasey and Boyce, unfortunately, they're going to be ineffective in front of goal. Is that, is that the problem, though, that they're not, like, they're not, they've not set up for them to be the main men? They have to go and do other people's jobs. I'm not sure if it's necessarily the setup or just the players aren't, the players that are supposed to be doing those jobs aren't good enough. Or I'm, I'm saying good enough to be harsh. I still feel our midfield's really, really unbalanced. It's too, there's too many players that play the same role. And that's been something that's not been addressed probably since Nielsen was there the last time. Like, it was the last midfield that we had to turn on the ball and drive forward. It just doesn't happen. Like, Halliday's a good player. Harden's a good player. Irvin's a good player. Like, Irvin changed the game yesterday. We'll talk more about him later on. But Halliday and Harden are very similar. They play a similar role. Lee, for me, is either fantastic or ineffective. Like there's no there's sort of no in between with them, and but like yesterday he played really well. The semi final he played really well, and but again, we're as soon as he has a bad game, nobody else is picking up the slack to do that. Our wingers, like Janelli looks all right, but again, we've signed another player who's hurt. The other two for me just don't. Even at this level, they look poor. Like thankfully they're on a one year deal this time around. The usual four we tend to chuck out players like that, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's a setup. I just don't actually have the players who are capable of supplying Naismith and Boyce with the service that they need. I, I agree completely. I think you're spot on there. You know, I, I, I think I don't know if it was last week or the week before I made this point, and I says, you know, you look at, at Cal Morrison for example, and you know he's he's down at Falkirk, and um, I think he scored like eight or nine goals already. Um, you know, he he was there in the the, the summer. Hearts let him go to sign. You know, Elliot Freer yeah. signed Jordan Roberts. Now, you're not trying to tell me that Morrison wouldn't have done a better job than, than these two guys. And and I, I bet any money that, that they're both on double the wages that he was. Oh, um, well, I, I, it's just baffling, you know, and guys like Anthony McDonald let go. You think, you know, these guys could have done a job and they certainly would have been more effective than, than the, the two that we've brought in. So, again, listen, you know, I don't think there's been a, a transfer window where we, we haven't been critical of Hearts' as business, but this just goes back to just stupid decision-making. Um, you know, we, we, we harp on about how we give youngsters a, a chance and all this nonsense, but, you know, when, when you're letting go two youth graduates and bringing in two donkeys like that, then what chance have you got, really? Yeah, I was a big fan of Tony McDonald. Like, really, when he first broke through, he looked, and I was surprised and quite annoyed with let him go. But then, from his point of view, he's seen three wingers come in. He knows he's not going to get a game. But even with even with, like, Callum Morrison's a perfect example. So he's went to Falkirk, scoring goals. He would have been on a fraction of the ways these guys are on. And I'm not saying Callum Morrison's answer all our problems. I'm not convinced he would have made it at the SPL level for Hearts. But he'd have been a better option than what we've brought in. Even somebody like Lewis Moore, though, like I feel he would offer. He's I don't think he's been that squad. I don't know. Maybe he might be injured, but. I feel again like Janelli's out for a while by the looks of things. Freer and Roberts haven't got it, in my opinion. This is the championship we're talking about here as well. Like you'd expect players we're bringing in on the wages they'll be on to absolutely boss this level. But surely like Moore would be a better option because he's at least shown glimpses in the Premier League. So at this level, maybe he'll get a maybe they actually have quite a decent showing. But the other t- again, like I'm I'm just fortunate we've only signed them on one year deals. That's 
it's maybe been harsh, but they've just not offered anything for me in any games they've played. They've not shown anything at all. No, I, I agree with you completely. I, I think, you know, Roberts in particular, I think the Hibs game was a big one, you know, that, that you know, you, you thought he would show something um, in that game and, you know, his touch was woeful, you know, he's continuing giving away the ball, giving away fouls, didn't look comfortable at all. Um, and then he's not really been in the team very much and any time he has came on, he's, you know, he's just looked, he's looked sloppy at times. He's, doesn't particularly, he's not really interested in taking any fullbacks on. And Freer's the same. Freer looks like your typical kind of winger. As soon as they get a hard tackle in the game, you know, they start hiding and, you know, they're feared to take the ball forward. Um, I think the Arbroath game was a prime example. We started the game well. And then, um, you know, suddenly, I think, well, that first tackle he gets, you then, um, you know, you then, you then don't see him for the rest of the 90 minutes. So, um, yeah, I agree with you completely. I don't think Morrison would have been a, a long-term kind of um, sort of fit, nor do I think um, Moore would have been either. But like you say, we're in the championship and, and I definitely believe that these guys could have came in and, and done is you know a, a better job than those two. Um, the good thing is they're only on one-year deals, but so would have, would have the, the young lads. So it's like we want to sign players for the sake of just signing them and... Um, it's, yeah, it, it really is frustrating because, you know, we, we we would do continually beat this drum about how, you know, we give youth a chance. What better opportunity is there to, to give some of these young guys a chance than in the championship? Because, I mean, you won't know whether they can handle playing for a big club like Hearts. I mean, the, playing in the premierships, you know, difficult enough, but at least if they're in the, you know, a league below, you know, surely that would do do wonders for their development a guy that did play yesterday that we've said should be playing more is Andy Irvin you alluded to that earlier Calvin oh definitely like Irvin like our two best performances this season have came with Irvin in the middle of the park it's the point I was making earlier about our midfielders all being the same he's the one that's not the mm-hmm. same like he's somebody's passing yesterday was outstanding but he, he's one who like this is a massive season for him because like you've said well, we're in the championship I would hope Irvin would be our, one of our midfield options going forward when we get back into the Premier League. So ideally, you want him in this season to be playing every week, playing outstanding, playing like he did. I mean, if he plays like he did yesterday, he's got to start. Well, he has to start the next game, and if he carries on playing like that, then he has to play far more often. But yeah, I, so I've lost my train of thought. There, <laughs> uh, he's just—he's a better like he has a far better option than what we've got, and that's the whole. Um, our whole game plan yesterday was completely different. There wasn't the usual... Like, we've just been... I know we've been winning games, but aside from Dundee, we've been poor. Like, even out, even the between the two away games where we were awful and we got beat, even now we're home game, it weren't great. Like, we just beat a team that were a worse team than us because we had, like, we had better players. But we didn't play well. Like, it was terrible. Like, it was one of those games if we were at Timecast, you'd probably get up and leave with 20 minutes to go because it, it was just boring. Like, was, there was nothing there. And... I feel yesterday it was actually quite entertaining to watch them. Like there was a bit in the second half where, about with a link up, we Ollie Lee fluffed his shot. But that would have been an, it was three or four brilliant passing moves. And if we'd scored that, it would have been one of our best goals we'd scored this season. And we, we were doing that in the Dundee game as well. I don't know if that's just purely because of Irvin. I'm not sure even in that instance he was involved. But overall, our gameplay changes when he plays, when he starts matches. So I'd like to hope that after yesterday's game, Nielsen's going to give him more of a chance going forward. But we'll just have to wait and see because, like Gordon said already, I, I don't think Nielsen knows our best level. I mean, I don't think I do. I don't think any Hearts fan does because while we've been winning games, we've not played great, but it's hard to change a team when you're winning games. So after losing Al, it gave, him a, it gave him an opportunity to properly shake things up a bit. And I thought we played yesterday's probably our second best performance in this league, I would argue. Yeah, I, I think I think having a player like Irvin in the middle of the park and um, it gives kind of other guys a bit more freedom and maybe a wee bit more confidence that, you know, they're playing against a guy who, if they get in a wee bit of space, then he'll be able to pick them out with a pass. And I, I think maybe before, you know, our more kind of expansive players didn't have that kind of confidence. That chance that you were talking about, the build-up play was, was tremendous. It really was. Ollie Lee, I think, just fluffed his shot in the last minute. But that, that was a tremendous bit of football. Um, all the way through, it was quick, it was expansive, and it's what you expect 
from a Hearts team and, and for the, the level of players that we have, particularly not even just in that league, but I think against any side, you would expect that type of football. Um, you know, for me, our best performances this season, like you say, is was was definitely the Dundee game and then obviously the, the Hibs game, uh, the second half of the, the Hibs game when uh, Nasey and Haring come on. But um, yeah, I, I think definitely having somebody like Irvin in there, he gives us different options. Um, you know, he can create a little bit of space, he can pick a pass. And, um, you know, Andy Haldy was getting a wee bit of stick after the Alloa game. You know, I thought it was a bit hard because I, I actually like Andy Haldy. I think he's he's a player who um, will will do well in there. Um, but I think you've got to have a, a, a different blend. And I think having him in there with guys like Lee and stuff like that, it's just it just doesn't work for me. I think having different options... Um, different kind of players is, is what will suit Hearts. You know, I mean, it's not as if we're playing against the level of Celtic and Rangers every week where you've got to constantly have um, defensive cover in your midfield. You know, we're playing against Aloha, Greenock, Morton, um, Inverness, you know, these types of teams who, yeah, you know, they're they're going to have a go and they're going to try and make it difficult for you. But I'm not being funny. We should still be beating them um, and beating them quite convincingly. Um, and I think that's, that's maybe been... The, the problem, I think we've been slightly too apprehensive when we went into these games. You know, we should have a bit of arrogance about us. Um, and I just feel that, that we, we lack that. You know, we turn up almost thinking, yeah, we should be winning, but not actually going out and doing it. And I think maybe the last two uh, results in particular and performances have hopefully been maybe a wake-up call for, for Nielsen to, to, get, to kind of think, right, listen, I need to change this here because it's, you know, it's not it's not working and and Calvin's right the performances hadn't been good enough um that the Aloha game in particular I, I hope that the hearts would have you know laid down a marker and took six or seven off them um and that's you know that's that's not being disrespectful to Aloha. I think hearts would definitely if they stepped up were capable of doing that I mean they were three 0 up at half time they should have been going out in the second half and scoring another three instead they were just I know boys missed the penalty but they you know, apart from that, they didn't really kind of threaten, and that gave Aloha, for me, a confidence booster going into the next game. And and you know, for me, we we it's not the same ruthless, cutting edge team that we've seen in the championship the last time. Um, I appreciate it's a different squad and there's different players, but you should still be having the same mentality. And I just feel that that isn't there. I mean, it's a week. It's a different squad and different player, but it's a weaker championship as well. Which I think is possibly part of the reason why we aren't being as ruthless. I think the players have put, which is completely wrong, but I think the players have possibly bought into this whole. Like before the season started, it was talking about Hearts might, you know, they'll get promoted, one in every game. Now, that isn't beyond the realms of possibility that we should be going out. That should, I mean, that should have been named given the given the squads we have in the league we're in. But I think that's almost went to the players' head, and especially after absolutely scudding Dundee, who are meant to be our biggest rivals for the title in the first game. I think the players just sort of thought, all right. And they weren't the only ones, but fans are all right. Fans are allowed to think like that. Players aren't allowed to think like that. And I almost think half the Dundee game, and then went we beat our growth after that, and they just sort of went, "Ah, right, that's it. This will be an absolute cakewalk." And it's proven not to be. Like like you're saying about the goal, like the Alloa home game, especially. It went three 0 up very early doors. Goal difference. Hopefully, it's not going to come down to goal difference. But in a season this short, there is every chance that it could. And our goal difference at the moment is the same as Wraith and Dunfermline's. Are very close to theirs anyway which, given the players we've got, shouldn't be the case. I know it's still early. We might hopefully go and give teams, a, and might hopefully go and give a few more teams an absolute scalping. But there isn't that same ruthlessness there. You're right. And it, it concerns me because when it's not there and in games where you're struggling, like Alwa the other week, and you've not got that ruthless streak, like, the, think, just comparing it to the first time, again, at Alwa, we went there and we were being absolutely ruthless up to that point. We went Alwa, we really struggled. But you always felt we'd score, and we scored right at the death in that game last week against Alloa. I think we could have played, we could have played all week and not scored. There just wasn't that cutting edge there at all. Now, hopefully, that's been addressed now. And like yesterday's performance was night and day to what we've seen in recent weeks. So I'm just hopeful going forward that that's that's kind of the, the Alloa and Dunfermline games have knocked out our system because Dunfermline, I know it was a couple of weeks ago now, but they were just better than us all at the park that night. They just wanted it far more. They got in our faces, and we didn't know what to do until we, once we went two 0 down, we actually turned it on a bit. But by that time, yeah, it's far too late. I mean, we probably should, the chances we had, we probably still should have got something out of the game, but it's not good enough. Like, no, it's not. And, and do, do you know, the thing is as well, I'm still not convinced with us defensively. 
Um, because even yesterday, you know, I thought Morton had a huge chance to go 1-0 up. Right. They really should have scored. I think it was maybe in the, the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, and you thought, for Christ's sake, you know, here we go. Um, and yeah, I, I still think that, you know, we can be gotten at. You know, if you look at Hearts, and if, if we're only going to play one way, you know, teams can study us and they can come up with a way of kind of exploiting Hearts' as weaknesses. And, um, you know, I think we've definitely got to look at that um, going forward, particularly if, you know, that's the kind of way he wants to play. And I hope not. But if that's the way he wants to, to play when we get back up to the Premiership, you know, better teams will exploit us. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think maybe it had, had got to the players' heads where they, they, they did get maybe a wee bit arrogant and they, they thought, well, we haven't played it well against our growth, but we've won here anyway. Um, because, I mean, if you remember, the third game, I think, was was Inverness after the, the oh, semi. Yeah. And we didn't even play well that day either. No, we, we, we limped towards a 2-1 win. Um, and, you know, and that, that concerns me, you know, that, that listen, you know, you, football, and we've been following Hearts long enough to know that they aren't going to play well every week. You know, there's always going to be weeks where they'll, they'll turn in a typical kind of Hearts performance, if you will, where they're absolutely pish and we're just thinking, oh, there we go. But nine times out of ten in this league, you expect it to be a hell of a lot better than that. And, um, and you know, it's a work in progress. Yes, it's a team that's been relegated. And, um, you know, I think you can talk about the arbitration and, and the way Hearts went down. But ultimately, they were a team that were bottom of the league on merit. So if, you know, they were relegated after 38 games, it wouldn't surprise any of us. Um, so you, you are taking a team who's who's not used to winning and their confidence is low. But the players who are there, um, regardless if they've been winning or losing every week anyway, they should, still be, uh, they should still be showing a lot more than what they had been doing. I think that was a bigger frustration with the fans. So, um, But hopefully now, after yesterday, a wee bit more confidence and... Um, and you know, and they've got a huge fortnight coming up. Of course, we've got Queen of the South next uh, at Tin Castle. They've not had a good start to the season. One win only this season against Alloa. The other draw that they got was against Arbroath. Four defeats during the rest of the season. We should win this game, but it's hearts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this would be... If this was in the Premier League and we're coming up against a team like that, it'd be written over that we'd go into that game and, and get beat. I'm not convinced because like, at home, even though there's no fans at home, we've won every game, I think, I'm right saying, including the League Cup. Yeah. Um, I, I think we will win this one, probably, hopefully comfortably, but it is hearts, like you say, so you just you can't tell. Um, but no, I think in normal times, I would go, this is just going to be such a typical Hearts performance. Like, we have already lost a game this season. If we were going into this still a 100% record, you just you would just know it. Like, absolute 100%. But, nah, I think, hopefully I'm not, hopefully I'm not going to have an egg on my face, but I think we should win this night. We'll hopefully win it quite comfortably. You'll not be allowed back on, Calvin, if, if we do get beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe made a bit of an arse of that, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'm right, but, you just don't know. Stephen Dobby, though, is probably one to watch, Gordon. Yeah, listen, I mean, I don't think he's a player that he was even a couple of seasons ago. I mean, I don't think his goal-scoring record last season was was that great. Eight goals last season he scored. Yeah, so, I mean... But he scored three and six this season. Well, yeah, listen, he's a dangerous player, but I still think Hart should have enough to deal with him. <clears throat> I would expect there to be changes in the Hearts team, like I alluded to earlier. You know, I think it's a, a really good opportunity to, again, switch the squad and give guys who haven't sort of been starting a little bit the incentive, saying, listen, you know, there's a cup final next week. Get yourself in my plans. Um, you know, I'd expect Popescu to, to maybe come back in in the back line. Um, maybe A.D. White will get a game, um, whether he starts kind of further up, which I think he's be, he's been better when he's he's been you know, starting a wee bit further up the park um, than, than maybe at left back. Um, you know, Ken Harren, I expect, will probably start. Boyce surely will come back in. So I think that, that there's an opportunity to kind of rotate the squad a little bit and just say, listen, you know, you're playing for a place in the cup final next week. Go out there and show why you should be starting. And, and you know, 
have a real kind of slick performance, you know, try and win the game by a, a few goals and uh, and and really get confidence and tails, tails up ahead of the big one. Um, I think it's a prime opportunity. But again, as Calvin says, it's hard. So, you know, we'll, we'll inevitably uh, struggle somehow. But, I, yeah, I just I can't see past the Hearts win. Um, as Queen and South are one of these funny teams because I think sometimes they... The either and they were a bit like that, I suppose, when when we were in the championship the last time. They I think they beat Hibs and Rangers, but um, you know they can either be a surprise package because Palmerston's a tough place to go, um, but especially with the pitch and things like that as well, and just the way the kind of the the stadium is, um, you know, at home they're they're always pretty good. But I think away from home, it should be a, a fairly routine win. But they can either be a team who surprises you and. You know, is maybe knocking on the door for the playoffs, or they're at the other end of the, ta- the the table. So I think they're just one of those sides. It looks like uh, they're going to be maybe down the bottom of the table this season. Um, but like you say, you know, they've got a guy like Dobie who knows how to score goals, and you know, our defence will have to be uh, ready for that. But at the same time, I think we should have more than enough to deal with them. Does Berra keep his place? No, 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 not for me. You know, I, I think. Um, you know, there's. Listen, I'm still not convinced by Christoph Berra, and I don't think I ever really will be. Um, you know, I still think there was chances that even Morton had uh, yesterday, um, and I'm not saying it was down to him, um, but I still think we're we're weak defensively, and I think even Popescu as well. You know, he seems that uh, he's fallen out of favour a little bit. Maybe you know, Nielsen will think think about an, another centre half and. In the, if not January, definitely the summer, because I think it's ultimately you have to find a long-term partner for Craig Halkin. Unfortunately, John Souter, it's not going to be him. You know, I think he's his injury record speaks for itself. I think it'll be very difficult for him to to be a long-term kind of uh, centre half. I think you know it's it's going out there and, and finding somebody who's going to be the the perfect kind of match. Um, and whether Hearts have to spend money to do that. Um, it might be the case, and uh, because it's key that we have a, a strong defence, and um, you know that kind of. I mean, when you've got a goalkeeper like Craig Gordon, that's that's a goalkeeper kind of situation. So you need a solid back, a centre half pair, and, and you know Halkett. I like Halkett, um, but he's not been able to settle, and we've not been able to get the best out of him because he hasn't had a stable partner with him. Um, Christoph Berra, for me, you know, there's. There's too many question marks over him, and you know you can argue the same about Popescu as well. So, uh, but I would I would change it this week. I would uh, I would take better out, you know, and and put Popescu in and just say to the guy, you know, listen, you know, it's either you or Christoph for for starting the cup final. Um, because I've just got flashbacks of the the last cup final when Osborn Edward just had a you know had had the the freedom of Hamden. To pick his second goal, um, and for me, having Christoph Berra um, against that level of opposition, it just it fills me with dread. I'm sorry, you know it does. I feel I feel for Berra because the talent was obviously there. I just think his body's finally caught up with him. I mean, that injury he got against Celtic a couple of years ago was a horror show, and probably with other players could have ended their career. And he's done well to fight back from it, but. Like Gordon says, it, it scares me I'm facing against somebody like Edward, especially after the last time. But yesterday I felt, even in the, the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes when Morton were running at us, I was sitting there watching, I think we didn't for a long afternoon here because his lack of pace. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't the quickest before the injury, but now now with the injury. But I, th- I think a general point with Hearts and centre-halves at the moment is I think the situation we find ourselves in with the back four is criminal because we knew Suter was out from the summer. We knew it's light, especially given his history, and it's likely to be a long-term one. We know Berra's obviously has history recently. Popescu is a complete unknown quantity. Who the jury is firmly out for me, Wim. I just I feel that he kind of gets away with it because we don't get tested as much in this league as we would at a higher level. So we like we've kept quite a few clean sheets, but a lot of that's been more down to Craig Gordon than. And Popescu, I think Halkett's a fantastic centre-half. Like Gordon said, he's been at Hearts for a year and he's never once had a settled partnership that entire time. The best he arguably looked last season was with Dicamona alongside him because Dicamona just would do exactly what Halkett told him to and Halkett could take charge of the back four at that point. 
But the fact that we're sitting in this situation debating whether or not Christoph Berra starts the cup final or even the game next week shows you the, the situation we've, we're now left in. And it's, it should never have been able to get to that. It should never have been able to get to this point. Like, it was, it was clear in the summer we needed an R centre-half. Other than, I mean, if Halkett gets injured, we're absolutely screwed. Like, a centre-half pair in the bed on Popescu. But that's what we're facing. I mean, you could drop Haran back in there, but then you're probably you're losing your best centre-mid at that point as well. And Haran offers far more for me in the middle of the park than is worth taking him out for that. I mean, you can move Smith over as well, but then you're losing your best right-back. I think Kingsley can also play centre-half, but then you're losing your best left-back. So it's, it's one of these things that the full-back is sorted. The goalkeeper, as we all know, is absolutely solid. But the centre-half, it just it worries me. It really does. I mean, Halkett, Halkett doesn't tend to get injured, but this is Harps. And we tend to take players who never get injured. And they get injured all the time. But yeah, So if we get into January and we don't sign our centre-half, I'll be incredibly concerned, quite annoyed about it as well, if I'm being honest. But... As Hearts will probably sign three more wingers on, just see what happens. So, not better on Popescu for the cup final then, no? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might happen. Like, we just have to hope that Alcott doesn't get hurt next week. But we probably put the curse on him now. Yeah, I know. Um... I'm having a nightmare here. <laughs> Are we better equipped for this cup final than last time out? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's a you know, we had so many injuries going into that, that last cup final. You know, we didn't even have a fit striker, really. Well, it's Stevie McLean um, leading the line. But, I mean, like, Uchi wasn't fit. <clears throat> uh, Haran wasn't 100%. Ended up, obviously, um, aggravating the injury he had and then ended up having a year out. Um, you know, had a, you know, brutal goalkeeper. Um, so, I mean, the fact that we actually managed to... Uh, to be so competitive in that game, I think you've got to give huge credit to the players that played that day. But unfortunately, we were struggling. I think if Hearts did have their strongest team going into that game, because uh, you remember as well, even Ollie Lee as well was was injured. Uh, I think the, the the game before that, you know, he ended up getting a, an injury right before the final. Um, you feel if we had had that kind of strong team, we might have won that day. You know, it's um, Celtic. I thought were there for the taking. Uh, you know, if you had somebody like Big Lafferty on the park, even Naismith in there as well, uh, that experience to get you over the line, um, I think it could have been could have been our day. Unfortunately, we're playing against a team who has tremendous amount of quality, um, but looked very vulnerable. Um, so I think this time we're going to the, the the game with more experienced players, hopefully more determined players. Um, and and you know a team who who's hungry to win things, and you know there's players in there who have won things, so I think that, that that's kind of um, important. There's guys who have played internationally at the top level; they should be able to cope with that a lot better. And uh, and listen, you never know. You know, it's we're playing against a team who yeah have a lot of quality, um, but are having a very tough time at the moment. So are there for the taking and. Uh, I think Hearts have got nothing to lose. You know, they've got nothing to fear and uh, they might as well have a real goal. Yeah, I think I think with the last cup final, like you say, it was it was some performance when you think back to the team that we had to cobble together. I mean, you had 16-year-old Aaron Hickey at the time making what his second start, second or third start perhaps. But like, putting a performance like that was outstanding. I, I still feel even if even with the players we had on, like you say, Celtic obviously well, Edward's a quality player. But I think seeing if Aaron hadn't got hurt that game. I still think we'd have. I think we'd have won the game if Harden had managed to last the ninety minutes because we were in, arguably we were in control at the time. The two goals come from where Haring would have been had he been on the pitch. This time, I don't know. Like Celtic are not. They're nowhere near the team they were then. Like there's no getting away from it. They still have players who hurt you. And if you get if, if Celtic get a goal in the first five ten minutes, it could be a bloodbath. They're they're going to turn a corner at some point. I think our best chance in that final is as if Lennon's still in charge. But then they could use the cup final to save his job. Uh, it's, it's just one thing you just don't know. If Celtic, if Celtic turn up and they turn, like, they're big players, play, I, I don't think it really matters how Hearts play. But I think we do have a better squad. We've not got the injury problems. We're 
in a far better run because going into that cup final last time, I think we picked up one point in like seven games or something at Easter Road. Um, and this team at least is going into a cup final. All right, we've not had <clears throat> the last few weeks have been pretty poor, but we're still winning games. We're top of the league, we're in. So you'd like to think they take that, especially after beating Hibs in the semi. Like, Hibs aren't a bad side this year. There's no getting away from it. I'm not going to gloss over it. But for us to beat them, and we arguably, once Hanning and Naismith came on, we outplayed Hibs in the semi. We're the better team the second half and all three hours of the time. We're the better side. And I think if we can play at that level at Hamden, then I don't see why not. I don't like I say with Celtic, you just, if they turn up, we can go over it many times. If they turn up, they can demolish us without us putting our foot wrong because the, the quality of players they have. But those players just aren't firing for whatever reason. Whether that's the manager, whether they're just... And listen, their goalkeeper looks honking. So if we can get a cut... If we, it's just got to be a case of if you get near the box, just have a dig. Because he seems to be on our Joe Pereira where mm. everything that's fired at goal at the moment for Celtic just seems to be going in the back of the net. Yeah. So players like Naismith, Boyce... Just tell them, shoot on sight. Second you get a half chance, just dig it and just don't know. Here's hoping. I think I think having a lot of energy in, in the middle of the park it will be key. And I think guys like Halliday and, and Harren and Naismith, I think they'll they'll be extremely key in that game because, you know, they they, they do tend to, you know, they, they they never actually stop when 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 they need be. And I think up against a Celtic midfield, you know, guys like Christie and Tom Rogic and Scott Brown. I think they'll they'll need to be in their faces all the time and not give them any chance to kind of breathe. I think James Forrest being out is key. Um, I think you know he gives Celtic so much um, pace, creativity, and goals. You know I think he's arguably one of their well, you know maybe just behind Edward their best player. Um, so I think him being out is great for us. Um, and I think guys like Christie and things like that, you know, they thrive on getting the ball in the middle of the park and driving at the, the, the defence and, and being able to kind of have a shot. You know, same with Tam Rogic as well. You know, he, he, he in the middle of the park, you know, he likes to dictate things. He can win, he can create a little bit of space. I think making sure that these guys don't have the time uh, to do that, I think will be key. So I think Hearts, the way Hearts kind of play actually and, and flood the midfield might actually suit the way the game needs to play uh, be played for us. Because um, I think, you know, if we give these guys time to dictate the game, then uh, they will pick us off because uh, they do have the quality. But I think, you know, taking the, those three out of the game, you know, hopefully it leaves Edward a little bit isolated and he doesn't get too many chances and we can maybe deal with that and having somebody like Craig Gordon and go as well, you know, to produce a save um, when needed, I think will be huge as well. So, yeah, listen, I think Hearts have a chance. Um but they'll have to be extremely disciplined and they'll have to get their tactics absolutely spot on. Um, I think maybe having no fans there might might help and it might take away maybe that extra boost that maybe Celtic get when they, they go into cup finals. I don't know. But um, listen, if Hearts go there with a game plan, the longer it stays, maybe nil-nil, or if they can sneak a goal, then the you know the, the bigger the pressure it, it becomes on Celtic and, and Neil Lennon and... Um, you know, maybe the more panicky they get. Because, listen, it's all for them to lose. You know, let's be honest with you, I, I don't see them uh, catching Rangers um, in the league. I think 10 in a row is gone. Uh, they can try and, you know, um, gloss over it as much as they can with the two games in hand and all this nonsense. But I just think that Rangers side, the way they're playing at the moment, I just don't see Celtic matching them. Um, so, realistically, for them to have kind of anything is this quadruple treble. Um, they lose that, then, you know, you almost feel like that's the the end of their dominance, you know, the end of their cycle. And I think they'll I think they'll know that. They'll have that at the back of their head. They're at the League Cup, so there's not going to be a treble this season for them. Um, so this is their, their last kind of real chance. They'll be motivated, naturally, but I think there's a hell of a lot of pressure on them. And I think, um, you know, Hearts shouldn't have anything to fear. They should go there and... Um, and whatever happens, happens. You know, it's, uh, it's. I mean, let's be honest with you, this competition shouldn't really be getting played. So I think the, the players should really take that as motivation. And, and it was, it was, it's been played ultimately, you know, for one football club to try and get their treble. And I think um, the way everything's went over in the summer, it would be a real good FU for Hearts if we could uh, bring the cup back to Gorgie. It would be a massive get up 
because as Gordon says, this this tournament should not be going ahead. Right? We cancelled the league. We played a Scottish Cup, so Celtic could carry on their their dominance. Now that is over because well, they're at the League Cup. They can't. But they've won every domestic trophy since 2016. This cup has only been played to allow that run to continue. I mean, a cup win's a cup win. Like I'm not taking away, but I think this one would be there'd be something extra about this one, yeah. especially considering like beating Hibs and Rangers on the way as well. It's, it's the perfect treble if we actually manage to win it. It's th- the three teams you want to beat in a cup run. I think another factor with this one as well, Gordon said about motivation, is you've got Andy Halliday. Now, I, it's, it's quite an interesting thing of how he... Because we all know who he supports. He doesn't hide it. I've got no problem with that. I hope that it's, he channels that into motivation and has the game of his life. It kind of worries me a bit that he might get a bit over... Carry the way, so I think if, if I know for a fact if I was playing a game like that against Hibs to stop them winning, there it's never going to happen. But to stop them winning a quadruple treble, I'd probably get sent off in the first five minutes. So <laughs> Let, let's say they're going for the Iron Brew Cup in the Championship. We're in the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Um, We'll obviously talk about the cup final and the, the weeks ahead and, and next week certainly as well. Obviously this season we've it's been very different for us. We've not been getting to the away games, not been getting to any games, no fan has. And one thing I seen on social media earlier this week was a lot of people complaining about the price of streams and then the quality of streams. I mean, what what, what do you guys think currently? Like of, of the three games that have been streamed that I've watched more in Aloha in East Five, I've thought it's been okay. Yeah. Yeah, therefore, I think um, the the biggest thing for me is the coverage. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, it's not difficult to stream a game. You know, these clubs have been doing it for years because, you know, every club, I think, in Scotland, regardless of what level they're at, they, they are, uh, they do have international subscribers. Therefore, they do show uh, games. So they all have experience of, of showing um, kind of games and streaming games. I think the big issue for me is that it's the coverage, you know, and I think Hearts, I mean, there's no analysis, there's no kind of build-up, there's no, like, host or anything like that. It's just the two guys who do the commentary. And um, I just think for for what, you know, our season ticket covers, um, you, you should be getting, you know, it should be going all out to make it, you know, a better experience. You know, they should have the, the show starting at least half an hour before the game. They should have build-up. Um, they should have a guest. They should really be making it most because, you know, I think Hibs had one point, you know, they were playing Sunday midweek and um, they had uh, like John Hughes and stuff in, in a studio before the game chatting with like David Tanner and, and Rangers are the same, you know, and Celtic, um, you know, but even clubs like, you know, uh, St. Johnston and Motherwell and stuff like that, Dundee United, you know, they, they, they're kind of doing all that. I thought the Morton one, they kind of done that, you know, but it was the two commentators, but they at least done it a little bit different. Uh, they at least tried to do a little bit different, but yeah, I think that the cover the coverage hasn't been worth the money that they are charging. But I mean, they would they would charge you that for a match ticket anyway. So that's the argument that they'll be making. But um, yeah, I think I think they should maybe come and go with fans a little bit, um, and maybe try and boost their coverage uh, for the amount of money that they're 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 making. I I I'd love to know the viewing figures though. Um, at these clubs because it you know almost makes the argument for um, you know maybe pay-per-view football in Scotland maybe being something that they can continue to carry on because I think um, listen we all know that then and I don't think it would ever take away from people who generally go at the match um, you know going to the match because I think you know that's the thing in Scotland you know we we've got such a culture where people love going to the football regardless of how crap their team is anyway. Um, and whether it was on the telly or not. Um, but I think for people who can't quite get to the games, you know, and, and people talk about how English football, you know, is continually kind of more popular uh, than than Scottish football and it gets more viewing figures and all that sort of thing. I think if you gave people the option to watch a Scottish game ahead of an English game, they would choose the Scottish game, particularly when it's their own team. Um, so I think maybe having, you know, pay-per-view uh, for even for teams when they're playing at three o'clock on a Saturday, might be something that that clubs can can look forward to in, in the future. And um, I guarantee people, if you offered them the the opportunity to pay their own club to watch their games or pay for a Sky subscription, they would definitely pick paying their their own club every day of the week. So, but uh, but yeah, maybe it's something they can look into. 
yeah, it's something that the SPL, like Scottish football as a whole, needs to start thinking more about because things are moving more that direction. And some clubs, like take Motherwell, for example, Motherwell's social media coverage the last few years has been outstanding. I think it's, it's something that the SPL, I mean, the SPFL's YouTube channel is actually pretty decent. I feel the guys that run that do quite a good job. But I feel like instead of, like Gordon says, selling our games to Sky for absolute pennies just to watch Celtics and Johnston four times a season, if we just came away from that, went towards streaming, even if, even if you look, hooked up with YouTube or Amazon, some, a streaming platform that's already there and offered it pay-per-view, I think you would get quite decent view. I mean, Scottish football is the highest full league per head in Europe. So the fans are there. And like he's saying as well, I think if the option to go to the game was there yesterday, I'd have still went, even if the option to stream it was there. I think the people that will go will continue to go. I don't think it would detract crowds. But I think there's people that, like my mum and stepdad, they, they're big Hearts fans, but they don't often travel away games that often. They've started to go more recently. Um, but they would stream every away game every week if the option was there for them. Yeah. It wouldn't stop them going to the games they fancy going to because sometimes they just fancy a day out going to football. Yeah. But for people like that, and even like thinking about my granddad, for example, he doesn't go to games at all anymore, but I think if he had the option to sit and stream Hearts, I'd rather do that because he doesn't really watch other games as much. So, yeah, I think it's something that the, S- the SPLs, I think they need to move with the times and try and get a bit ahead of this, if we're being honest, rather than just waiting for it to eventually become the thing. Because, I mean, Amazon's starting to get Premier League games. Netflix, only the amount of time before Netflix start streaming sport. That's the way it's going to go. And I think we, for once, should try and... Cause it's already there with YouTube. Like, I think we, for once, as a nation, should try and get ahead of the curve rather than just following what the Premier League do, which is inevitably what we'll end up doing. But, but it has to be done properly, doesn't it? I mean, Martin done something else that nobody else has actually done. Well, they at least had replays of the goals, which is which was quite good, because Hearts don't do that. Even Hearts do that. It annoys me. It's like, I don't know, if it's at the game, I'm not going to get a replay, but if I'm watching it on the telly, like, give me a replay for a couple angles. Like, let me see the goal again. There's no reason why we can't. Like Gordon was saying about the build-up, I've not even thought about the build-up, but it is pretty amateur where like, we're paying what we're paying for a season ticket and it's literally like three o'clock, a switch, it's like a blank screen, three o'clock, a switch goes on, you get the game. The commentary's decent. I'm not going to criticise the commentators. I think they do a good job, but we should be getting, like, you know, get an ex-Hearts legend on before the game, have pre- and post-match interviews with some of the players, you know, look at highlights from previous games, a bit of analysis, just something more for your what is a very highly priced season ticket for the championship for games we're not going to get to attend. So, yeah, I think clubs should look at that. I've not thought about that for now, but it's a very good point that Gordon makes. Well, I, I am full of good points, Calvin. Um, that's why the fans listen. But, um, yeah, listen, I, I think I think the, the, the biggest thing for Hearts is, um, is to try and connect with the supporters a lot more, especially in a time like this. And... Um, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. I think um, I think the commentary is good, but you know they want to hear more than commentary. You know you you want a little bit more um, for what you're paying for, and um, I just don't think we get that. You know I mean like the other week they had the last home game, they they had like I think highlights of uh, games that happened on this day, and one of them was like the cup final against Rangers. We lost four three, and I'm sitting there thinking. Why am I sitting watching this? A cup final we've lost in, instead of listening more about like how that first half's went and how Hearts can improve in the second half. You know, just things like that. that I, I, maybe I'm just I don't know, too spoiled or whatever, and I should maybe be more realistic. But I just think it's laziness, and uh, especially when you see the what like Hibs and stuff are doing. Um, you know, I I want us to be bigger and better than Hibs and every single way and every single market and every single department. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I want us to have better advent calendar chocolate than them. And I, I, I don't care. Just it's gonna be better than them. And unfortunately their their coverage and, and regardless of what league they're in is still a lot better than ours and, and that really annoys me. Yeah, I mean I I agree. I think it we have to get better at that, don't we? I mean for I keep going back to the cost, but like the the money we're paying, then yeah, we do have to get better. It's, it's like Gordon says, like throwing a cup final with Boston. It's just, what's the point? Nobody want like, nobody wants to watch that. Like, give us a bit of analysis. We've just scored three goals in the first half. Like, give us a bit, give us a few replays, give us some analysis of goals. Yeah, yeah, we do have to get better. But whether we will, I don't know. Because hopefully, this. I mean, you hope it doesn't last much longer when we all get back to the games. But you've, you're still going to have international subscribers, like. Yeah. So I'm assuming this 
I'm assuming they don't get anything different than the national subscribers, so might as well just keep it up and do it for them as well, because we've got loads. I mean, Hearts have got loads of international fans. Yeah, I suppose as well that they, they, we we talked about this when they, when Hearts when we talked about the documentary as well. You know, they want to be a marketable club that makes money in other in other parts of the club, not just on ticket sales. You know, they need to be doing this even after the um, the pandemic. Yeah, I think I think going forward, as you say, you know, Hearts Hearts need to, and and you know, Mrs. Budge talks about this. She wants to Hearts to become a brand, and I think ultimately to do that, though, there's you know, there's there's ways of going about things, and I think we do a lot of stuff on the cheap. Listen, it's never going to go always right on the park, but I think if you're getting everything right off the park, which is something that people claim Hearts tend to do, I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, we could do an entire podcast on the things that we don't do right. Um, We do some things right, absolutely. Um, I'm not saying that we're a complete shambles, but um, we we, we do have our moments. And I think going forward... um, you know, we need to look at that in depth and have a real review. And, um, you know, even and maybe this is just a, a stupid thing to come out with, but the way Aberdeen do press conferences before the games, um, and I don't know, it's just like when McInnes is sitting there in the background, you know what I mean? It's like the way, like, you know, their advertising stuff is, it's like all kind of digital and stuff. And it looks, it looks like really, I don't know, I've just always thought it looks really cool. Um, and it's stuff like you see, like, you know, Celtic and Rangers do, and then, you know, and then stuff like um, you would see down south, you know, like Guardiola and stuff, you know, all the kind of way the background is. And I, I feel Aberdeen do that well. Where then you look at, like, Robbie Nielsen's press conference, and it's just a cardboard box he's sitting in front of um, on a plastic chair. And, you know, maybe this is a stupid thing to bring up, I don't know, but I just, I just feel stuff like that, you know, kind of annoys me a little bit. I just think that we could be doing, you know, a wee bit of things more glamorous and you know only having four minute press conferences stuff like that uh for fans just now as well it's just yeah it's, it's got to be better for me you know i think um hearts tv i've, I've got to do a lot more especially for the um for the print you know they charge 6.99 a month um for subscriptions and to be honest we you know i think apart from the highlights um that they do um and the uh you know, and like a, a you know ninety second interview with Nielsen after the game, that's all they really give you. And in my opinion, they've got to be doing more. Um, you know, they've got to be doing exclusive interviews and stuff with players. And um, nobody's saying it should be in the same level as Celtic and Rangers TV, but you expect more for the for a club of this size. On the flip side, though, I think their social media has got better at heart. Yeah, it has been, but I'm talking about the stuff that people pay for. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the social media is fine. Twitter's free. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not um, making money from Twitter. So I, I think, you know, for the guys who like myself who pay for Hearts TV, you expect a bit better, and they should be putting more into that because then they could, you know, advertise it and offer it more as a brand, and say to people, listen, this is what you're getting for your money. And I just think, you know, the people who do pay for Hearts TV are more likely to cancel it than, you know, if they turn around and says, well, listen, you know, we're putting up to a tenner a month, but this is what you're getting. And people are like, aye, all right, fair enough, that's, that actually sounds all right. And again, there's more money coming into the club. So I think uh, they need to maybe look at uh, investing um, and things like that. Social media thing, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, it is good. You know, some of the stuff is really good. And, uh, you know, the young chap who makes the videos and stuff and, uh you know, the slow motion stuff. Ah, it's all good, but, you know, nobody's paying for that. And, uh, you know, if the club want to make money and they want to be more expansive, then they've got to look at the, the actual um, product that they're they're advertising. I think just to echo what Gordon's saying, like, is, I, th- I feel like social media we are definitely doing well with. But, and, I mean, that, I, I don't know if, I don't know how that will work if it does because normally if you're advertising social media, you are making money out. Of it. I feel people that follow hearts are going to follow hearts regardless. I know hearts are going to make money out of out of social media. But like, the same, we could do an entire podcast about how the clubs run off the pitch. I think it's one of the biggest things where people just go, "Oh, we run brown off the pitch," and I would I would argue a lot of that. I mean, we do we we do a lot of things right. Don't get me wrong, but um, I feel 
moving forward with this, especially if this is going to be the rest of the season, we do need to do more for the money that we're paying. I think it should be, it's got to be more, more professional, I feel like, more, just better content generally, I would say. Well, thank you both, and thanks Calvin for your first review. I think you've done, you done all right. <laughs> Might have you back on. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was really good. And well, till next time, goodbye.